Amen. Thank you, Benny. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. This is where we'll be for the next few weeks. Philippians chapter 2. We're going to look at um, the great example, and we're going to change our mindset. The first chapter, we were looking at the single mind, but today and for the next several weeks, we're going to look at a submissive mind. So Philippians chapter 2, let's read verses 1 through 11. Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 11. If there, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. That means selfishness or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem each other better than themselves. Look not on every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus." who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9, Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. As we have read these verses, now if you've been here on Wednesday nights with me, you know we're not necessarily going verse by verse. We're covering sections here, which is what we're going to be doing tonight. But we've been looking in the book of Philippians and the first chapter, we've looked at the fact that we need to have a single mind focused on Jesus. Remember now, I'm going to remind you every week, Paul was in a jail. He was fashioned. He was cuffed to a Roman soldier. And it was very important. Now, in the church of Philippi, as he's writing this book, as he's presenting this book, there was some division. Paul's going to address that later, but I want you to know, notice something that he uses in verse number one, the phrase in Christ, in Christ. He begins to strive to tell them about the importance of love and unity. I'm sure we've all been in churches where there was no love and there was no unity. It's a rough place to go worship God. I like coming to the Lord's house when we're together, when we're one another. That's what Paul is telling us. Churches are full of folks that have left one church and went to another church because they couldn't get their way at that church. This is where we are in the church of Philippi. There's some disagreements going on. So Paul, instead of necessarily addressing the problem head on he's addressing it with the word of God and that's what we're going to do tonight y'all with me tonight just keep fanning we'll be all right you know listen fast and I'll preach fast my pastor and I and before too long you'll get to meet him he and I served with him for many years as his associate he is he is my pastor I love him dearly he's struggling now but there were many times he and I would disagree Many times. But you know how I handled those? I went to him. And I'd say, explain to me why you want to do this. 
85% of the time when I would leave there, I would understand what he was talking about. As a church, we're going to disagree. Because how many has, don't raise your hand, but how many have a family and in your family there are disagreements? Don't raise your hand. Oh, you raised your hand anyway. I'll raise both hands and one foot anyway. But we all, we all have disagreements. And the Apostle Paul is trying to stress to us the importance of a submissive mind. Now notice verse 3. This is the key verse. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. What does the Bible mean when it talks about humility? Here's what it means. Here's a good definition. Yielding ourselves to Christ to be a servant and to use what we are and what we have for the glory of God and for the good of others. Humility is us yielding ourselves to Christ. And that means yielding ourselves to others. Let me give you four thoughts tonight here out of our text. In chapter 2, the Apostle Paul gives us four examples. Jesus, who we're going to see here, uh, himself as an example, Timothy as an example, and Epaphroditus as an example. We'll look at all those as we go on, but we're going to start with the main one, Jesus, of course. The first thing I want you to see is he thinks. Simple outline. Not like Sunday, Jason. Sorry. little wordy Sunday. You weren't even here. You left out on me. It was a little wordy. The first thing, he thinks. What does that mean, preacher? He thinks of others. A Christian, somebody serving God, thinks of others. You know what's wrong with our churches today? They're not thinking of others. I'm, a, I'm your pastor. And one thing I think I hope you already see and we're going to push towards it is we are going to think of others. Others. Because this world is full of others. This world is full of people that need to hear the goodness of Jesus Christ. The mind of Christ means the attitude that Christ showed. Our attitude should be as one of Jesus Christ. Verse 5 says, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. And I don't care. Hello, Steve. Glad you, glad you made it. I know it was a rough day for you. I bet. Verse 5, and I don't care what kind of version you carry. I don't care. Verse 5 means what it means if it's in Russian or Chinese or whatever. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What's that saying, preacher? We are supposed to act like Jesus Christ. He said, oh, preacher, I can't. You're exactly right. But through him, we can. Through him, we can. He thinks. He thinks. See, our outlook determines our outcome. If our outlook is selfish, the actions will be destructive. James shares this in James 4. I'm going to read some verses out of James 4. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because you ask not. 
You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusts to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Verse, that, those are some powerful verses. We're going to do a James study probably in the fall. James is a, it's a great book, but it's a book that will hurt your feelings. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you because it hurts my every time I read it. Y'all with me? Philippians 2, 6, one of our verses said, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Paul uses that word form. That means eternity past. Jesus Christ was God. That verse also says Jesus was equal with God. Because uh, let me tell you and remind you, Jesus is God in human form. Y'all hearing me? Jesus is God. Y'all with me? It's, Jesus is God. So there's, a, there's just a lot of mixed up people, but I'm just plain. I'm just ordinary. Jesus is God. He had all the glory and praise of heaven. That verse, the verse 6, he did not consider himself a selfish. He wasn't selfish. Jesus went all the way to the cross for you and I. Let me remind you of something. He could have stopped it. He could have stopped it. But he didn't. Why? Because he loves us. Jesus is our example. Number two, he serves. In verses 7 and 8, let's reread those. But made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He emptied himself, laying aside all of the attributes of God. He became a human being because of the pain that he felt on the cross. He felt everything that happened to him. Every single thing. He felt that. He took the body, uh, took on the body. He went to the cross. He died. That Paul used that word form, the form of a servant. Jesus did not pretend to be a servant. He wasn't acting like he was a servant. He was a servant. Matthew 20, 28 says this. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You know the story in John 13. He knelt down and washed the feet of the disciples. That was common practice in that day because they walked everywhere they went. But he humbled himself for you and I to go to the cross. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? A submissive mind thinks of others. 
Number three, he sacrifices. There's a lot of people that will serve others, but there's a price to pay. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. One writer said this, ministry, a ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. And I add that by saying that in our walk with Christ, there must be some sacrifice. There must be some sacrifice. I talked to a missionary one time many years ago, and he was at a festival in Brazil. And they were having a, a big time. And there were booths all over the place selling crosses. And the sign said, selling crosses cheap. And he said, you know what? That's what we are. We're treating the cross as it's cheap. Folks, it's not. You got to understand, you got to understand that Jesus went all the way. His cross was not cheap. We are told to take up our cross daily and follow him. There's going to be some sacrifice. There's going to be some sacrifice in order to serve the Lord. Paying a price for Christ was something Paul did, something Timothy did, something all these others did. And we'll see that as we go along through this book Luke 9 23 and he said to them all if any man will come after me let him deny himself you know what that means put himself aside and take up his cross daily and follow me if you want to follow the Lord we have to deny ourselves we have to deny ourselves. We have to understand that it's not about us. Paul was telling the church of Philippi that it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. Sometimes it's hard for us to understand as a church and as people, the more you give, the more you receive. The more you give the Lord, the more you get. That's not why we give, but that's a, that's a fact of that happens. We learned a long time. It took us a long time to learn the importance of giving, the importance of tithing. We struggled, and we didn't do it like we should have through the years, but we figured it out. And let me tell you, there's never been a day that's gone by that the Lord hasn't blessed our family. We gave. Y'all give. This is a very giving church, very giving church there's sometimes you give, and it's a sacrifice. It hurts sometimes. My pastor always said, faith doesn't figure, but it counts. may not always figure in your checkbook, but it always counts. But there's more to sacrifice. There's more to giving. There's giving of our time. We have 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we can do whatever we want to do in that time frame. Y'all with me? Sacrifice. Serving the Lord comes with sacrifice. We're talking about a submissive mind. And then the fourth one I want to look at in verses 9 through 11 is he glorifies God. He glorifies God. The goal of all we do is to glorify God. Paul said in verse 3 again, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, selfishness or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. 
It's all about him. I've been here nine or ten weeks. Y'all probably heard me say that a billion times, and I'm going to say it a million more. Because when it becomes about us, when it becomes about me, we're in trouble. It's all about him. Why are our churches in the shape they're in? Because the preacher makes it about himself. I know a lot that do that. Look, y'all know enough about me. I am who I am. I'm like Popeye. I am who I am, and that's all that I am. I just don't eat spinach, all right? Y'all got some of y'all. Surely y'all got that one. Surely to goodness y'all got that one. Struggling, struggling. He glorifies God. The kind of, of uh, things that pit, that, that get churches um, in a mess is when it becomes ministry against ministry. And I've seen it. Well, this group's more important to this group. No, that, no, no, no. We're all one big team. Didn't I preach on that Sunday? We're all one big team. We're all one big family. And we have to have each other. Our life must be a life that glorifies God. It must be. And this church must be a church that glorifies God. It must be. Has to be. There's no way around it. So a submissive mind. A submissive mind. We've looked at Jesus. He thinks of others. He serves others. Third one was he sacrifices for others. And the last one, he glorifies God in what he does. And what we do as a church, if it doesn't uplift the name of Jesus, then we're in bad shape. I'm probably going to preach on that direction Sunday. I think I'm going to be out of the book of Ezra Sunday. But this book is a book of joy. You want to have joy? There's nothing better than serving other people. You say, well, everybody's not so grateful. I understand that. I've done things for people. We've done things for people where if you got a thank you, you'd be you're doing good. But we don't do it for that. We don't do it for the applause of men. We do it for the applause of heaven. For God to say, look down on Middle Cross Baptist Church and said, you know what? They helped out that family. They helped out that person. They helped out that mission. They helped out that missionary. That's what I want God to look down and see. Y'all with me tonight? I thank you, Benny. I want God to look down, Sue, and say, that church is serving others. They are my hands and they are my feet. I don't want to be just a church on the side of the road that people drive by and say, boy, that sure is a pretty church. No, I don't want that. I'm not interested in that. What I'm interested in is people to come by and say there's something about this church. There's something different about this church. 